this effort that FLPG is supported is opening a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities with farms that quite frankly, we've never worked with before. So I think this is making a much larger impact than even FLPG had thought initially. Welcome to this episode of the Keynotes Podcast from the Keystone Policy Center. I'm your host, Marcus Chavez. Today is part two of our two-part series on the invisible essential worker, those farm laborers who often come from a different country who, during the era of COVID, have been risking their lives to ensure we have food on the table and other commodities in our grocery stores. If you have not done so already, I encourage you to listen to part one of this series, but in the interest of a brief summary, you may recall that we highlighted how immigrants in the labor force work at disproportionate rates in, quote, essential critical infrastructure jobs. Specifically, 69% of all immigrants in the labor force and 74% of undocumented workers are essential infrastructure workers, compared to 65% of the native-born labor force. And that workforce is strenuously relied upon in the agriculture sector as seasonal workers are essential to the success of farms and our economy. And with the complications of a pandemic and trade disputes heaped upon the already existing requirements to navigate sometimes complicated regulation, a group of agriculture stakeholders has been working to ensure a safe and productive work experience for agriculture producers and laborers, particularly in the Southeast United States. This group is called the Farm Labor Practices Group, and it has taken its support for the sector to new heights during the COVID-19 pandemic. tens of thousands of migrant workers, many of whom are participating in the H-2A worker visa program, travel to the Southeast United States as seasonal farm workers. Workers expect to receive contracted wages, be housed, and work in safe conditions. Some growers and workers may need support in understanding their rights and responsibilities and navigating complex, frequently changing laws and regulations. That is where the Farm Labor Practices Group comes into play. The group brings together key voices representing different sectors and perspectives from within the agriculture sector, and they create an environment suited for information sharing, discussion, collaboration, and input. The ultimate goal of the Farm Labor Practices Group is to help both farmers and farm workers in the production of labor-intensive crops better understand and comply with applicable labor laws and regulations, as well as to foster improved farm labor practices that shape a worker's experience on the farm. Brad Sperber, a senior policy director at the Keystone Policy Center, who helps lead the facilitation of the group, shares more. The Farm Labor Practices Group, or FLPG for short, since that's a mouthful, is a standing coalition that has been around for nearly a decade, bringing together purchasers of labor-intensive commodities, regulators, grower associations, farmers, faith-based investors with an interest in worker rights, human rights. I, I sometimes hear it characterized as unique. I don't know if I can substantiate that, but it's certainly unusual in this economic space for its uh, the diversity of perspectives and expertise around the table and a long-term commitment to collaboratively addressing important issues affecting the agriculture supply chain in the southeastern United States. Much of the work that, that Keystone does 
has a defined beginning, middle, and end, and objectives are met or not. And this is one of those instances where it's it's appropriate to keep people in you know, organizations and individuals in conversation with each other and respond to changing circumstances. FLPG was formed in 2012, and it includes key voices like growers and farmers, worker advocates, manufacturers and others who sell agricultural products, and government agencies. Robin Tudor Markham, the director of the North Carolina Agromedicine Institute, shares more about why this diversity in membership is so important. But it's important to bring this group together because we have people like the Institute, like the Department of Commerce or North Carolina Department of Labor, who actually have staff or programs on the ground that work with the growers and the workers to make sure that not only for the regulatory um, folks that they are in compliance, but they're, they're getting the education, the information, and the support they need to provide a safe and healthy workplace for the workers. And that's paramount to the tobacco company members who are not only in a domestic, but a global market, and whose goal is to be socially responsible in agriculture. If you're an avid listener to this podcast, you're familiar with the keystone emphasis on collaboration, especially among unlikely partners. It's that environment that Keystone helps leaders navigate to develop the most effective and long-lasting solutions to complex issues. And for nearly a decade, the members of FLPG have been working diligently to do just that. Here's Brad. Certainly collaboration sometimes involving unlikely partners uh, and allies, as the FLPG models, I think, is an essential part of addressing health and safety challenges and opportunities for a healthy and productive workforce in U.S. agriculture going forward. There are other kinds of system challenges that this kind of collaboration can train resources on in a helpful way that move far beyond the jurisdiction of a given agency or the influence of um, a particular company or uh, any population group. One issue of increasing interest to these, this group of stakeholders is the role that farm labor contractors play in the supply chain. Increasingly, uh, growers find it in their financial interest to work with someone with an intermediary who finds the workers for them. Are, are there regulations, laws, or just ethical practices in place that take care of all the people who are touched by those transactions? Robin gives more insight into how FLPG examines health issues that need to be addressed on farms, an approach that became all the more important with the rise of COVID-19. We have convened in FLPG with the great guidance of Keystone, a health and safety group in which we're able to bring current issues directly from the field, directly from workers, directly from our farms to the group to say, this is the issue that we're currently facing. Like when the vaccine became available, helping farms understand how they could get vaccine for their workers, 
that's a monumental task when you have 46,000 farms across the state of North Carolina. So what are the issues and how can we collaboratively work together to address those issues so that we minimize the impact on the farms and the farm workers and keep them them safe and healthy. So we bring those issues to our work group, discuss strategies, discuss priorities that then go back to the larger group for discussion and a decision about what the action steps should be and then how we can implement those actions at the farm level. So having the input from, again, our diverse membership is essential to the success of our work with FLPG. FLPG was already helping farmers, producers, workers, and other agriculture stakeholders navigate a complicated environment to ensure a safe and productive farm experience. And then we were hit with a global pandemic. Again, if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to listen to the first episode in this series, where we went into further detail on the congregate housing and transportation settings that seasonal farm workers pass through. Steps had to be taken to help protect these workers in the new age of COVID-19, and the members of the Farm Labor Practices Group were there to make it happen. Here's Robin to explain. FLPG has been able to help us play an important role in our response to COVID. First of all, in helping us get important messages out to growers and workers about prevention, about vaccine. So key messages that they've been able to help us get out to the growers. They also have committed to providing personal protective equipment for farm workers. And so we are currently working on a project that individual farm workers would receive a box of disposable face covers. They would receive safety glasses and also disposable gloves. So we're very happy that um, FLPG has committed to being our partner in COVID risk reduction among farm workers. The members of the Farm Labor Practices Group not only provided funding to purchase and distribute personal protective equipment for farm laborers, they also played a critical role in educating and informing both the farmers and workers as to the best safety practices and potential health care options available. Brad shares more. A number of special steps have been needed, partnerships that, that you know, didn't exist before or have really had to be strengthened over the last 18 months or so. Um, to get needed care and supplies to farms and farm workers. Needed steps have included advocacy, again, education and communication, mobilizing funds, closing policy gaps. Um, the Farm Labor Practices Group has made use of a variety of networks to spread the message during this growing season that the pandemic is not over. So the the consistent and frequent message 
needs to be conveyed um, that while vaccination is crucial, being vaccinated doesn't yet reduce the need to continue safety measures like wearing masks and maintaining physical distance, uh, which is an issue, again, when workers are being transported in groups from housing site to field or from farm to farm as they might rotate uh, in harvesting various crops over the course of the growing season. Robin leads the COVID response effort for the North Carolina Agromedicine Institute, which the members of FLPG have been supporting. And she gives further insight into the multi-pronged approach the group has taken to support farmers and laborers during the pandemic. In addition to donating the funds, they also are getting the word out to their growers that the PPE is available. So once the Um, farms have that information, then they are able to reach out to us here at the Institute and we deliver the supplies directly to the farm. When we are delivering those supplies, it gives us an additional opportunity to share with the farms what other resources may be available to them, uh, either through the Institute or other programs across the state. So it's more than receiving just individual bags of personal protective equipment. It's increasing an individual farm's access to resources and information. So this effort that FLPG is supported is opening a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities with farms that quite frankly, we've never worked with before. So I think this is making a much larger impact than even FLPG had thought initially. Certainly, events over the past two years have caused a level of concern and apprehension among the nation, from economic loss concerns to an erosion of faith in our institutions. But we have also seen noble and heroic efforts from civil society as well. Coalitions like the Farm Labor Practices Group are an example of those efforts. But I want to remind you of a comment Brad made earlier that explains why these coalitions, which are at the centerpiece of Keystone's work, are so important. I'll replay that comment now. Much of the work that that Keystone does has a defined beginning, middle, and end, and objectives are met or not. And this is one of those instances where it's, it's appropriate to keep people in organizations and individuals in conversation with each other and respond to changing circumstances. As Brad mentions, many projects that Keystone takes on have a defined beginning and end, but not all. From education to building support for Colorado's water plan to our pollinator work and also our COVID-19 response among Colorado's American Indian tribes and among the farm workers we discuss here, the common thread in these initiatives is that these groups are able to have an exponential impact because they were already established and working together prior to the time of great need. It is perhaps the strongest example of why Keystone's work is so impactful. Yes, these coalitions tackle the issues of today and yesterday, empowering unlikely partners to work together to solve complex issues that have lingered for some time. But they also stand ready to tackle the issues of tomorrow, or those problems not even on the radar. The members of FLPG did not foresee a global pandemic on the horizon, but when it did happen, the group was ready to act activating their networks to put resources into action and educating both farmers and workers to ensure that they are informed on the healthcare options available to them. 
I'm not saying this type of support would not have happened without an already standing group of stakeholders like the Farm Labor Practices Group waiting in the wings. I'm just saying it happened much more quickly, efficiently, and at a greater scale because of the already standing Farm Labor Practices Group. And that is the kind of force of effort that cannot be overlooked. Keynotes is a production of the Keystone Policy Center, a 501c3 nonprofit organization based out of Keystone, Colorado, which for more than 45 years has empowered leaders to reach common higher ground. This episode has been made possible by a contribution from the Denver Foundation. If you would like to offer feedback about the podcast or suggest topics for future episodes, please email me at mchavez at keystone.org. That's M-C-H-A-V-E-Z at keystone.org. If you'd like to learn more about the Keystone Policy Center, visit our website at keystone.org.